Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good Friday morning. There is a new crisis unfolding at the border. Another surge, another scramble for solutions. It is September 22nd. This is Today. On the rise, illegal crossings soar to a near record high this morning. Thousands in a single day in a Texas town. It's something that uh, is out of control. Hundreds of additional troops being sent to the region. We're there live. Tragic accident, a bus carrying members of a high school band crashes off an interstate and rolls down an embankment. Get to the scene. We're going to need all your equipment. Two adults, including a beloved band director, killed. Dozens more injured in a community on New York's Long Island reeling this morning. What officials are saying about the possible cause. Weekend washout, a tropical system bearing down on the East Coast today, set to spread heavy rain and high winds from the south all the way to New England. New warnings just issued. Your full forecast straight ahead. Expanding the search, the manhunt intensifying now for that murder suspect mistakenly set free from an Indiana jail. It may not be within Indianapolis, so we are running down all leads right now. We will take you inside that investigation today, Friday, September 22nd, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Nice to have you along with us on a Friday morning. By the way, as mentioned, last day of summer. Well, this is Ocean City, Maryland, one of the areas along the East Coast now bracing for what could be a major weekend storm right on time. Parts of the region under tropical storm warnings at this hour. Dylan's got the forecast. We'll check in in just a bit. But first, we do want to start at the southern border where thousands of migrants have been crossing into the country illegally. Why now? Officials say cooler weather after that record summer heat and also room spread by cartels, according to the Border Patrol, that the border is in fact open. Well, we've got it covered this morning. We'll start with NBC's Tom Yamas. He's in Eagle Pass, Texas for us this morning. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning to you. The town of Eagle Pass still left shell-shocked over that crush of migrants forcing DHS, Border Patrol, and even the military to get down here and help, and it is not over. Just moments ago, our team captured this, another wave of migrants coming in this morning just behind our live shot. You can see how many were in this group alone. And you asked the big question, Savannah, why now, why so many? I spoke with several migrants overnight who told us they were told rumors that here in Eagle Pass, this border was completely open. And they're not completely wrong, even though there's a barbed wire fence just behind us and Mexico is right there. There were vast stretches that were left unguarded earlier this week and thousands of migrants came in. This morning, border towns across America being pushed to the limit again. Tens of thousands of migrants crossing illegally. Part of a surge that started earlier this week. Scenes like this, lines of migrants, mostly from Venezuela, crossing through barbed wire and across the Rio Grande, forcing Eagle Pass, Texas to declare a state of emergency. 
You heard they were allowing mothers with children. Migrants we spoke to say this surge was fueled by rumors that the border was open. This mother tells me she crossed the Rio Grande with her seven and two-year-old daughters, carrying them on her shoulders. But they're the lucky ones. A three-year-old child swept away in a similar crossing on Wednesday and drowning. And just yesterday, Texas officials pulling another body from the river. We know this problem had slowly been growing, but why is it so bad this week? The facts are that the cartels control uh, who goes where and when, and they determined that this week was the week it's going to happen. The Biden administration now sending 800 military personnel to the border to help process the arrivals. It is a crisis. It's something that uh, is out of control. In Eagle Pass, a town of less than 30,000, they had 2,500 illegal crossings in a single day. So, so what do you need here? Everything. We need um, kids' clothing, women's clothing, um, shampoo, hygiene items. Valeria Wheeler runs the only shelter in Eagle Pass, and it just opened this week. With little room and few resources, most of the migrants she's helping stay for a few hours before heading to big cities like New York and Chicago, which now are also overwhelmed. We are a very small town. There's a lot of resources that are needed, not only for us, for the community, for the city, for the county. And this is a very, very impoverished um, county. Now, largely because of the scenes of what we saw in New York City with those shelters overcrowded and Democratic leaders going from calling New York City a sanctuary city to now saying, please do not come. The Biden administration has granted nearly half a million Venezuelans temporary protected status, essentially letting them work legally so they can help themselves and support themselves. Some are saying this is going to help the situation in New York, but many others are saying this is going to only entice others to keep on coming. Guys, back to you. All right, Tom, thank you very much. That sets the table for our conversation with Kristen Welker, moderator of Meet the Press. So, Kristen, I mean, we've got record border crossings. Also, the new rule just mentioned by Tom for Venezuelans in this New York area, allowing them to work. Clearly, this is going to be a political problem for President Biden. What is his strategy going forward? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Savannah. There's no doubt this is a major challenge for President Biden. Those images there in Tom's piece. Look, he's running for re-election and already facing headwinds. Here's what the administration is saying. They are saying this is a part of the ebb and flow that happens with migration. But it's clear Republicans see this as a powerful and winning issue. Just yesterday, Speaker McCarthy, he's in the middle of his own budget showdown. I know we're going to talk about that. But he pivoted to attacking President Biden in the middle of talking about the showdown for not focusing on the border after those migrant crossings reach near record levels. Now, I talk to my advocates overnight and they say, look, the White House has to reclaim the narrative here by really trying to own this issue. And you're starting to see that overnight. President Biden trying to do that, trying to own the narrative, slamming the, quote, MAGA Republicans for failing to work with him on the broader issue of immigration reform. But the challenge is it runs the risk of giving people this feeling, Savannah, that things are just out of control at the border. Yeah, it's interesting. Both sides say, you know, taking their political shots, but it'd be nice if Washington would get together and actually try to solve the problems that underlie mm-hmm. this whole thing. And speaking of, we've got another government shutdown looming. House Republicans are at war with themselves over uh, how to get a, a budget deal across. So what's the feeling there? Are, are we going to see another government shutdown? 
Well, I've been talking to GOP sources overnight, and they say it is looking increasingly possible, Savannah. Not all but impossible, but it looks more and more likely every day after House Republicans failed to move forward on a spending bill. One top source said to me overnight that there are still a lot of members here in town. They're going to be working together to try to find a deal, but they only have nine days left. So just to break this down, what's actually happening, here's what's happening. You have a small group of hardline conservatives who are not getting on board. They want deeper spending cuts. They refuse to back any new aid to Ukraine. McCarthy needs to find a way to get them on board, though, because he only has a slim majority. And by the way, Savannah, not a surprise, but they're threatening to oust him if he doesn't meet their demands. Remember, it only takes one member to call a vote on his speakership. McCarthy, you could see his frustration really bubbling over yesterday. He said, quote, this is a whole new concept of individuals that just want to burn the place down. Strong language there. Uh, well, lots to talk about on Sunday. What do you have coming up on Meet the Press? <laughs> We're going to interview GOP candidate, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. And it, this is notable because he's seen a boost in recent polls out of New Hampshire. We're also going to talk to Representative Jim Clyburn. He's, of course, a Biden campaign co-chair. And we've got a new NBC News national poll looking at the 2024 race heading into next week's debate. And Steve Kornacki will be there to break down the numbers with me. OK, we will look forward to it. Kristen, we'll see you Sunday. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Let's turn now to that tragic bus accident here in New York. It was carrying members of a high school band to camp when it crashed and plunged down an embankment. Two adults were killed and many others were hurt. NBC's Emily Aketa joins us from Farmingdale High School on Long Island with the very latest where that community is reeling. Hey, Emily, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. School is open. Students are beginning to file in and grief counselors are on hand to help students try to make sense of this terrible tragedy. There are candles marking the entryway to school in honor of the dozens of students who were injured and the longtime retired teacher and the school's band director who both were tragically killed in yesterday's bus crash. Officials revealing a faulty bus tire may be to blame. A high school bus ride to band camp suddenly taking a terrifying and deadly turn. Bus roll over, eastbound. All the bus careening off a highway in Orange County, New York, tumbling 50 feet down a ravine and into an embankment, plunging the 40 students and four adults it was carrying into chaos. The kid next to me was covered in blood. I saw blood everywhere. First responders, including medical evacuation helicopters, rushing to the scene. At least five students remain in critical condition this morning, according to officials, and two adults died in the accident, including the school's band director, 43-year-old Gina Pelletieri, and retired longtime teacher, 77-year-old Beatrice Ferrari. The two women, close friends, chaperoning the trip together. Their friendship was very, it went beyond teaching. Ferrari, affectionately known by students as Grandma B., her daughter in utter shock. She was so passionate about what she did. She loved her students. Details now emerging about what may have caused the crash. Preliminary information indicates a failure of a front tire may have been a contributing factor. The high school students were traveling from Farmingdale on New York's Long Island to Pennsylvania for their annual band camp. The marching band seen here just a week ago, performing their first halftime show of the school year. Patricia Defendini's grandson, who was on board one of the buses, is okay, but waiting for news. My grandson's friend was one person who was airlifted, so 
I don't know if he's okay or not. Edward Hoshler picked up his daughter, a junior who plays the trombone, at a reunification center. It's surreal. You don't think anything like that's going to happen, but just seeing her. Um, just seeing her face. It's, it's nothing, nothing a parent wants to go through. And state officials confirmed the bus operator, Regency Transportation, did have a valid inspection and the driver was licensed. We reached out to the company for comment, but have not yet heard back. We know the NTSB will be at the crash site today trying to piece together what went wrong. As for those students who remain in critical condition, understandably, a long road ahead. I spoke with one of the student's family who says the freshman was pulled out from beneath the bus. She suffered numerous broken bones and a collapsed lung, but they are hoping Hoda, that she will be okay. Yeah, we all hope and pray that. All right, thank you so much, Emily Aketa, for us. Thank you. Uh, police in Indiana are intensifying the manhunt this morning for the murder suspect who was accidentally released from jail. Nearby residents are voicing new outrage today. NBC's Kathy Park is in Indianapolis. She's got the latest now. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning to you. Kevin Mason walked out of the jail behind me nine days ago. Leads continue to pour in. And as you can see with this new flyer, a reward of up to $10,000 is now being offered for the arrest of a murder suspect still on the run. And meanwhile, the manhunt that gripped St. Louis all day yesterday ended overnight without incident. This morning, convicted sex offender Tommy Boyd back in custody hours after leaving a St. Louis hospital. Police writing, this arrest was a culmination of local, state and federal law enforcement collaborating to keep our public safe. The 45-year-old who is serving a 30-year sentence for sexually assaulting a child was seen here on surveillance video early Thursday, casually walking out, despite the hospital saying Boyd was being guarded by two corrections officers when he escaped. He is considered to be dangerous. The warning prompted local schools to boost security and cancel after-school activities. Meanwhile, in Indiana, authorities are ramping up the search for murder suspect Kevin Mason. It's been more than a week since he was accidentally released from jail. We will not stop and we will not sleep until he is brought back into custody. U.S. Marshals now offering a $10,000 reward. And officials in Indianapolis say their search is expanding to other cities. We're following leads uh, within Indianapolis. It also led us uh, to information that he may not be within Indianapolis, so we're running down all leads right now. The Marion County Sheriff's Office says a 28-year-old was mistakenly released last Wednesday, two days after his arrest, due to a clerical error. Mason was wanted on three warrants in Minnesota, including a second-degree murder charge for his alleged role in a shooting in 2021. It makes me want to lock the door, if that's the case, <laughs> if there's someone out here. Authorities arrested Mason's girlfriend, who they say picked him up after he walked out of jail. They also waited six days to alert the community of his accidental release, calling it a tactical move. Do you still stand by that decision to, to wait six days to alert the community? I think our decision to do that, absolutely. But we had it at the time, and the information we had at the time, that was the best option that we had. But that's not sitting well with some residents. They should have notified everybody at the, the same time. Yeah. And not just waiting six, six days. Six days, that's a long time. That gave them a chance to get away. And as of this morning, it is still unclear if Kevin Mason is still in Indianapolis. Officials would not specify exactly where they are searching, but did say anyone who is helping him will be criminally charged.
Savannah. All right, Kathy Park, thank you. 7.15, a lot more to get to. Craig joins the table. Hey, Craig. Hello, Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. This is a key day in that unprecedented strike by United Auto Workers. With little progress toward a deal, the union is vowing even more workers at more sites are going to be hitting the picket lines in just a matter of hours. NBC's Maggie Vespa has been following the strike from the beginning. She joins us now. So, Maggie, I mean, how much bigger could this strike get? And what does it mean for negotiations moving forward? Hey, Craig, good morning. So, yeah, that is the question. Those are the questions of the morning. But union leadership clearly keeping everyone guessing until the last minute, including seemingly its own members. You can see them back out on the picket lines today. And they've been telling us they have no idea how many more members will go on strike and where those new strikes will be. Because remember, right now, we're just talking about roughly 13,000 UAW members on the picket lines from three plants. Again, that deadline at noon today. Um, All this, by the way, comes amid leaked private messages reportedly from UAW leadership obtained by the Detroit News and not independently verified at this time by NBC News. The paper reporting a UAW spokesman in those messages talked about using bargaining sessions to inflict, quote, recurring reputations damage and operational chaos, adding if we can keep them wounded for months, they don't know what to do. I reached out to that spokesman, a key advisor to UAW President Sean Fain. So far, no response. Executives at Ford, GM and Stellantis, perhaps no surprise, all blasting these leaked messages. GM overnight saying in a statement, it is now clear that UAW leadership has always intended to cause months long disruption, regardless of the harm it causes. Craig. All right. Maggie Vespa for us there in Ohio. Maggie, thank you. Busy morning for Miss Dillon. We've got the storm threats. I see this. uh, We're looking Mm -hmm. at a weekend washout for some. Yeah, this is going to be quite the storm for the East Coast. You can see most of the rain out over the water now, but across the outer banks of North Carolina, we're starting to see some moderate rain fill in. This is called potential tropical cyclone 16. There's a chance it could become tropical storm Ophelia Either way, it's going to make a mess of the East Coast going into the weekend. We have tropical storm warnings issued across the Carolinas up into Virginia. We are going to see this storm system make landfall, if you want to call it that, by Saturday early in the morning. And then while it weakens along the East Coast, it's also going to slow down, meaning it's going to impact the whole weekend and perhaps even linger into Monday, too. Most of the rainfall will be down through Virginia into Delaware and eastern Maryland, down through North Carolina. We could see up to seven inches of rainfall. We're also looking at some very gusty winds along the coastline. We could see wind gusts up to about 45 to nearly 55 miles per hour, even out across uh, the Nantucket area. Also, eastern Long Island, we could see gusts up to about 30 to 40 miles per hour. Want to point out that we could also see a storm surge of about three to five feet. That combined with seven inches of rain and the rivers are going to overflow their banks. So this could be a flooding potential along the coast as well. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan. Look extra cute today. Yeah, we like the hair. We all like it. (laughs) Guys, still ahead, the just-released emergency call from that bizarre fighter jet crash in South Carolina, what the pilot said to police moments after he ejected and landed in a couple's backyard. The first, this is today on NBC. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait. A what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill for me? That's right. The little pink pill. And it's called Addy. A-D-D-Y-I. Or Flavanserin. Learn more about the little pink pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. 
See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at addy.com slash PI or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved little pink pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. Oh, I love that. We're back. Let's go. 7.30. Look at our crowd. Ah. We do have some more news to get to on this Friday, including some new details on that bizarre fighter jet crash in South Carolina. Yeah, its pilot was forced to eject, and the military temporarily lost track of the F-35 before it crashed. And this morning, we're hearing from the pilot now for the first time in new 911 recordings. NBC's Blaine Alexander's got more on this one. Hi, Blaine. Good morning. Well, Savannah, good morning to you. You're right. This really is just an incredible sequence of events, especially as we learn more and more about what happened. At times during that 911 call, even the dispatcher herself seemed to have a hard time making sense of exactly what she was hearing. Now, this morning, we're hearing from the pilot in his own words about that incredible story of survival. I guess we got a pilot at our house and he says he got ejected. This morning, a dramatic 911 call is giving new insight into a $100 million mystery. What caused an F-35 fighter jet to go missing, then crash in rural South Carolina? The pilot ejected and landed in the backyard of a home near North Charleston earlier this week. The stunned homeowner called 911. I'm sorry, what happened? We got a pilot in the house, and I guess he landed in my backyard, and we were trying to see if we could get a... um. Ambulance to the house, please. Then the pilot took the phone. How old is the patient? 47. So we had a military jet crash. I'm the pilot. We need to get uh, rescue rolling. I'm not sure where the airplane is. It would have crash landed somewhere. I ejected. The 47-year-old pilot described a harrowing escape. How far did he fall? I was at 2,000 feet. Okay, and what caused the fall? An aircraft failure. The Marine Corps says the pilot ejected around 1.30 Sunday afternoon, and residents reported feeling their homes shaking after two, meaning the plane could have been flying on autopilot for more than a half hour. The pilot ejected in North Charleston, but the jet ended up 80 miles away in Williamsburg County. Usually airplanes, other military aircraft in which the pilot ejected, the airplane will fly for a while, maybe 30 seconds to a minute. But several minutes, that is surprising. According to Department of Defense officials, the pilot was taken to the hospital and released on Monday. A stunning story of survival after that mysterious crash. And now, guys, the officials say that that crash site is secure, including the airspace around it. And that investigation will last now for several months, Savannah. Blaine, any more information on why it took so long to find that jet? Yeah, there were several factors involved in the Savannah. One, the weather that day was just bad. They were dealing with heavy thunderstorms, so that made visibility low. Also, their focus at the time was finding the pilot. That was put first. But the Marine Corps also says that several of the security features on that jet also made it difficult to track. For instance, the stealth capabilities, they say, made it so that they had to use non-traditional means to find that fighter jet, Savannah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Blaine, thank you very much. Let us get another check of the weather from Miss Dillon. Good morning again, everyone. We do have some unsettled weather across the uh, northern plains uh, where we could see some scattered showers and storms. Also a chance of storms today down through Missouri into Arkansas, some heavier rain across eastern Oklahoma. We're looking at a really nice day across the northeast down into the mid-Atlantic before this storm system moves in over the weekend. And today, though, we will see some heavy rain push into the coast of especially North Carolina and southeastern Virginia. And that's your latest forecast. All right. Thank you. Coming up next, we're going to spotlight a very special high school on Friday morning lights. We are back and look who has joined us. Start up today, Kelly Clarkson. All right, but we have a fun series that we do on Fridays called Friday Morning Lights, and it's when we spotlight a special high school. And this time we are spotlighting Burleson High. Yes, baby. Oh my gosh, that's exciting. Look at your people. Oh, hi. Yes, uh, we've got your alma mater, Alana Quillen from NBC5 is standing by for us, along with the principal of Burleson, Wayne Leak. Alana, take it away. Kelly's here. She's very excited to see all y'all. Hello. The cat's out of the bag, Kelly. Burleson, Texas, misses you. We've got the cheerleaders here. We've got the marching band here. Very excited. Principal Wayne Leak joining me. Tell me, how excited are you for your community and proud are you of Burleson High School? Oh, this this is a great opportunity for us. Hello, Kelly. Um, we're so proud of you. Um, our, our kids have been working so hard this year. We're right in the middle of the of our football season, our district season, and we've got homecoming coming up. Um, it, it just means so much uh, for us to be able to talk to you. We've got so many different programs here that kids, we, we're all about, Burleson High School is all about uh, allowing our kids opportunities to follow their passion, and yeah. you're a prime example of that. So thank you. Amen. Love it. I agree. Now, That's Kelly, awesome. that is not all we have for you this morning. We have a very special surprise. Your former choir director oh here from Burleson High School. What's up? Do y'all have anything to say to Kelly hey, this Kelly. morning? Great to see you. <laughs> Proud of you. Good to see you. Oh my gosh, it's good to see y'all as well. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm 41. Is that crazy to y'all? Like, uh, they've just known me since I was that like a baby. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so, what a great surprise. Yeah. Oh, man. Wait, did you ever think your, your uh, student would Glenn. do so well? <laughs> I had a good feeling about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Glenn, tell us, what was Kelly like having as a student? Oh, no. Man, just working with Kelly was wonderful. Oh, no. <laughs> it was terrific. Because Kelly... <laughs> such a hard working I mean it's not just about talent it's about hard work and she was always willing to put in the work and listen to people and grow oh and was also a great nice. leader she was our yeah. choir president I am because you You're were a wonderful nice. person I was, and so I you was were definitely to work a with. high school kid but they had to push me especially Mrs. Glenn well yeah had to push me yeah like but no y'all they did such a great job at like you know when kids don't have as much as you need at home maybe yeah. they did such a great job as like stand-in kind of, of representatives in that sense and mm. like really took took care that's what i did love about my teachers at, at burleson high school and especially my um art ones like um, and choir like they, they did a great job at making you feel special it's, which yeah, is really same. cool that's what it's all about very cool you me cry oh. Oh. Well, you know they're oh, so proud of you it. we just want to say thank you to alana quillen our friends at burleson yes. high school Bye. nbc5 in texas thrilled to have you Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. How about yes. that, Kelly? Oh, my God. This this is your back to don't cry. Oh, oh, my makeup make artist will kill me. <laughs> Wait, what was that sound you made? I don't think the mic Yeah, what was that? Burp, burp, burp. 
is that what they, yeah. is that what they do at Burleson? Yeah, Burleson Elk. Yeah, <laughs> the elk. Yeah. Oh, the elk. Right. I, I will say this: we used to say Burleson Elks, and that's well. Starting plural. (laughs) It's okay. It is okay. Sail ahead, guys. Your 8 o'clock hour. Addie. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill? For me? That's right. The Little Pink Pill. And it's called Addy. A-D-D-Y-I. Or Flavanserin. Learn more about The Little Pink Pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at Addy.com slash P-I. Or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved Little Pink Pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. <laughs> 